Welcome to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Right now I am joined by Luke Buddha at the Maria. Yeah, kia ora, how are you? Not too bad in yourself? I'm okay, yeah, just in my garage. Nice, nice. I'm just in my um, dining room. Um, your self-titled album, kind of self-titled because your first name's not in it, but uh, Buddha is, is out it's been 12 years between records, solo records that is, of course. But, you know, you've been thinking away f- for, 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 12, for 12 years. Um, but did you tinker away f- for 12 years with these? You know, were you, were you finding lyrical beginnings throughout those 12 years and hiding them away? Little chord progressions there, picking up little elements for this record, like a great quest along this 12 years? Or was this kind of written completely for, for one big shebang? Uh, okay, so basically it was like um, after Vesuvius. Uh, actually, Happy Ending was after Vesuvius, but mm. that was like Phoenix Donation were pretty busy then, and then we released Buffalo, and then we got real busy for yes. a few years um, because things were for a time going well over yonder. Um, so I just didn't have the time, man. And then, like, Sam and Con and I from the Phoenix Foundation, we do soundtracks. That's our, that's our day job. Mm-hmm. That's how I, um, you know, that's how I kind of can have this $400 a day habit that I have. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> um, so I just haven't really had the time, right? And then after, we, after Phoenix Foundation released Give Up Your Dreams, which was in 2015, we actually just said, oh, okay, that's just like, chill out for a while because um almost like to give the our audience in New Zealand a break because it's generally like the same people that come to the gigs and maybe you just want to stop expecting that they're going to come to your gig two times a year you know give them a give them a moment so but I was still coming down to the garage every day making music because of the film and tv stuff yeah. and of course I just can't help but write I can't help but do I can't help but do music can't can't help it. I've, you know, hard as I try. I can't help it. Well, that's good. That's good. Have you tried to give up? Have you been oh. to rehab? <laughs> Actually, I did once say to my partner Sarah, although it was years ago, that you know, like I was, which was like during a period of deep financial anxiety. Imagine that as a as a musician having multiple periods of deep financial anxiety, and I was like, okay, shit. Like, what else am I going to do? I've I've gone out of my way to make sure I have no other options. And she was like, you're pretty good on TV. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. there's a, like a steady job. Okay, I'm going to quit music <laughs> to get into TV in my late 30s. <laughs> yeah, I keep freaking out. I keep having these moments of I leave Radio 1 and somehow I'm working in a paint store selling paint at Resine. Oh yeah, that's always been that's for some reason that's the job I have been picturing myself doing, blending colours at Resine, which you know sounds all right. It's steady employment. It is. I think steady. I think steady. I've. I don't know, man. I. I've, uh, we're we're getting into getting old here now, which is really dangerous. But um, it is. Uh yeah. Actually, okay. let's 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 change let's change let's, let's change. Well, you have put out some of the Aotearoa's greatest music throughout the years. Uh, with your band and and solo, and there've been accolades and and placards along the way. Um, something you've shared with the team when it comes to to the Phoenix and this record and your two pro- previous solo records that you've put out. You know, does it does it feel different? Is there a different feeling when you release stuff that's 
purely yours? I mean, yes, for many reasons. At the moment, I'm like so deep in the um, just day-to-day admin of it that that's a pretty massive thing because Phoenix Foundation have got an amazing manager in Craig Pierce, and before all that, we had Matt McLeod, and they're just like um, they they were both, and now Craig is insanely hard hardworking, and I think I've been a little bit sheltered and privileged and lucky basically, and now I'm like, oh my god, I've just spent my like Tuesday night. Um, learning how to um, safely package vinyl and then it's like oh right I've got to fill out all these customs forms to send these over you know getting like cold sweat in the post office as I learn all the different (laughs) steps so so I I would like to be more poetic about the 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 difference but but mainly it's just like I'm like man this is so much work it's actually quite a lot of work (laughs) believe it or not it turns out it does it is, it is. You know, people people look at, um, I mean, I know there's a lot of issues with, with, well, there's a lot of issues with the music industry. Oh, yes. Um, but I'm, I'm mainly going to talk about record companies that I think there's this like, um, it's a bit of a thing where it's like, oh, yeah, fuck them, what did they ever do? But like, honestly, man, I was on, when we first started out, we were on independent uh, record companies at, w- that were, you know, run by nice people. And the experience that the Phoenix Foundation had anyway in our early years of working with record companies was pretty much a positive experience. So now now I'm like, well, this whole thing that's happened, okay, it's happened, whatever, but um, it's actually put quite a lot more uh, pressure in a way on the musician to do heaps of extra stuff. Like certainly social media isn't my passion. But um, I found myself having to, um, or feeling like I've got to, like, you know, remind people about my album all the time. That doesn't come naturally to me. I'm mm. a child of the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the same. I hate that stuff. Speaking of um, mm-hmm. social media and putting yourself out there, I think your press release um, put it best when it spoke of um, Laura Canyon. Uh, in California, the sound of the 60s. Um, there's a warm texture to the record uh, and a pop, pop rock rhythm. Um, it's got pace in places, but it's got this great sound of, of you know, it's, it's like you're the driver and we're the passenger, you know, and you're, you're just driving us and we're just going along for the ride, being, being kind of enveloped in the sound while you're making it. It's kind of almost like a cinematic experience. And I, and I guess you make music in, in that way in your other daytime and in, in your other job um and so w- was it your aim for the listener was that your kind of your aim for the listener when you wrote this record uh so um i think i i use music to soothe myself right like when i listen to to music i think I mean, I like, you know, a bit of, uh, I mean, I used to be into death metal, so a part of me will always enjoy um, horrible, aggressive sound coming out of the speakers, but that's not where I head to a lot of the time these days. I like a, I like, well, not gentle is probably not the the right word, but I like, um, you know, little pillows on my ears Mm -hmm. that are soothing, soothing me, warm, warm vibrations. And so I think, and possibly playing music. It's like, um, 
you know, if I'm feeling angsty, I, I go down to the garage and I play guitar a bit and I feel better. It's like cheesy, but it's true. So possibly like when I, when I'm making music, I try not to, like, I usually try not to set out to do a particular thing, but just inadvertently, I think my own vibes that I go for end up coming through. And, and that's an interesting thing because I was having a chat with Dave Long, my mate and mm-hmm. he plays guitar and, and my band Teeth as well, an owl band Teeth, excuse me. We love Teeth. And, um, and uh, thank you. And he was saying, you know, and we were talking about what, uh, uh, like there's a, like a weird thing about there are sounds that you go back to or certain things that, that you go back to. And sometimes it's a bit lazy and you're just doing what you've always done. But the other, the, sometimes it's just like, well, that's actually just my sound. Mm. You know, and both, and th- they can be kind of true at, at different times, you know, but yeah, yeah. you kind of got, sometimes you got to accept that like, actually the reason that it's all a bit dreamy sounding and a little bit sort of misty um, and there's not necessarily many hard edges. Like I, I think I tend to blur sounds so they melt into each other. That's just what I end up. You know, that's just that's just my sound, I guess. That's just your sound, yeah. And you know, if you wanted it to sound a little bit different, you could do a remix record uh, because you just did bring up death metal, and instantly in my head, I don't know why, I just thought of uh, fair fair factories remanufactured and demanufactured. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> fair factory, eh? Um, <laughs> that's an interesting one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I went to the big day out. I think it was in 1997, basically to go and see Sepultura. Yeah, good. Um, they were they were on their Roots tour, but mm-hmm. they split up like two weeks or something before the big day out, and the replacement was Fear Factory. And like, I was so bummed out. You would have been. You would have been. Oh, Sepultura. Because no matter how much uh, I don't really like Fear Factory, but you know whether you're a, with, if 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 there are meddlers out there who do like them. Yeah, fine, but it's a pale, it's a pale, and um, you know, it pales in comparison to Sepultura yeah. at their Chaos AD roots peak. Especially if you had like Max wearing his All Blacks jersey, like he likes oh, yeah, to. Yeah. yeah, it was a thing. It was amazing. It was amazing. Hey, hey, man, I saw Mo- I saw Morrissey uh, at the Wellington Town Hall, and his band came out. They were all wearing All Black tops. It was so weird. And the drummer at the Morrissey gig had a double kick and it had black um, skins with silver ferns on them and pink neon lights around him. It was the weirdest looking stage I've ever seen. I don't, under, I don't understand what the hell is going on. <laughs> that sounds crazy. I'm trying to remember the name. Oh, what's his name? One of the guys from Huskadoo came and toured. And I gave him a, 1990, a 1977 All Black Schoolboys uh, tour jersey that I'd found in an op shop two days earlier. And it was great that I gave it to him, but I live with the regret that I don't have it anymore. Mm. But, but did, just, you feel, did you feel nice and did, he, did it seem like he liked it? Yeah, I saw him two days later. He was wearing it. He stayed in Dunedin for a few days and he was wearing it yeah. and I, I took a photo with him. So it was great. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, now, it's a solo record, of course, but, um, you know, you've got friends and you've brought some incredible friends along for this ride. Anita Clark is on the record, uh, Ricky Gooch. Uh, you got the Don, Don McGlashan, uh, and so many more wonderful, wonderful uh, people um, that collaborated on, on this record. 
because you could probably could have done the whole record yourself. I don't know how many instruments you could you do play, but how important were their parts to this this album? Often solo artists have like like David Bowie, for example, would always have a person who was his sort of fave collaborator of of of, of the time because it does help to have people bounce ideas from. But um, in on this album, it was basically like, well, first of all, it was coming together very slowly. I didn't set, I didn't start making these tunes and go, I'm going to make an album. I just started making some some tunes. And a lot of the time when that happens, they end up on a Phoenix Nation album or on a film or TV score. But this yeah. time I was like, we already had too many songs for the Phoenix Nation album. So I was like, okay, well, I've got a bunch of songs and I've started recording them like this. And um, I, I, you know, I got them to a point and then it's sometimes it's just nice to um, nice to have someone else's energy on it, especially if you've obsessed over over it. I know what some of my weaknesses are. I think some of them anyway, and so I would bring in people just to like cut across the um, very organized. I think I'm like quite organized and clean and structured sometimes. So sometimes it's good to bring someone in and cut across that mm-hmm. musically. So like to- to- Toby Lang played some nice keys on uh my naked body and anita sang on everything yeah um i mean but that was just like because she came in and she started singing and i was like okay what about the next song okay right great what about the next song <laughs> all right what about the next one it's like two days of her just like of a, like a relentless session of her just layering up her vocals on basically every single chorus on the album because it just it just sounded so good amazing that's great mm. Here comes the wind, the first track off the record. I don't know for yep. listening to it. Uh, it was from, from from what I was hearing, and you know, you always hear different things and and different songs. Everybody does, and that's a great, beautiful thing about music. It can mean different things to different people, and you can hear different stories and and, and lyrics. But it almost sounded apocalyptic to me. You know, anxiety filled, an anxiety filled uh, number, and another song, and other songs are full of hope, and then there's love as well. Um, do songs come fr- to you from the feelings you're feeling at the time of writing them? Do you write in the th- or do you write in the third person, or how how do you go about writing lyrics? Yeah, so so here comes the wind is actually a Damien Wilkins number, and so is Don't Think in Bed, and so is uh, She's Arriving Soon, and so Don't Think in Bed and Here Comes the Wind have both got like apocalyptic, um, ecological disaster, meaning climate change themed stuff going on um whereas she's arriving soon is probably the most sort of sincere love thing on there um but uh me personally i just find lyrics really 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 tough going and one of the main mantras i had making this album was that i find my previous two albums have aged uh badly for me i know there's people that like them and i don't want to take that away but i when i listen to special surprise from 2005 which, you know, it was a long time ago. Um, it sounds a bit too sincere for me, and I'm like, ugh. And then Vesuvius is, like, quite cynical and pessimistic <laughs> and, like, like too much so, and I'm like, ugh, God, this is irritating. So I just tried to um, be conscious of that um, and just make sure that there was enough humour that any time that things started to, like, I started to indulge my naturally pessimistic Polish whingy aspects, I would at least cut through it with some kind of funny line. Yeah, good, good. 
as I'm not a musician, I don't write songs. I sort of have that same kind of uh, feeling when I have Facebook memories pop up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What? I posted that? 2008, me. (laughs) Why did I post this video of me lighting my own fart? What the hell? Oh, no, I still do that. Mm. Uh, That sort of thing. The farts will always be funny. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, God, I was about to say something, but my partner will kill me, so I won't. Um, (laughs) Maybe I'll tell you at the end of the interview, uh, which we're coming up to now. Right, so the tour has been postponed (laughs) because, of course, COVID uh, is getting in the way of everything. And it seems, as we talked a little bit off air, um, you've got a really big band that is a really busy band. So I guess it's just a bit of a wait and see game for when we'll see you. Yeah, we're looking at February. Yeah, and we'll probably have to um, cut the tour down a bit, but um, but we'll be coming to see you lot for sure. Yeah, well, you know, how much, yeah, yeah, you know how much Otipoti loves loves you. Yeah, well, and I love coming down, mm. honestly. Mm. Mm. And I will go to, and I, you know, I, I'm not going to miss out on going to one of my favourite cafes in the world, which I'm afraid to attempt to pronounce the name because it's Danish. You know, Edu. Yeah, it's probably Adjo, isn't it, or something like that. They always just say Edu. So do they Adjo? Okay, yeah, yeah. Love that place. Yeah. Um, The baking is off the chain. Um, Yeah, but yeah. So I so basically, it was like the day that my box of t-shirts to take on tour arrived, which was like a couple of days after my box of CDs to take on tour arrived, which was a little bit after my box of vinyl to take on tour arrived. I cancelled or postponed the tour. So that's cool, eh? That was yeah. great. That was a great feeling. It is. So everybody jump on Bandcamp now and buy a t-shirt, a CD, and a, and a vinyl. Yeah, yeah. Buy a t-shirt for your parents. They still listen to the CDs. They certainly do, and hey, it's and it's almost Christmas. That's right. And do you know what my my studio is called? Christmas Studios. There, well, there we go. That's there the we... nicest named garage in all of Wellington, isn't it? I think it probably is. I've been to many garages in Wellington, to be honest. So I, I, I but I, I, I gather uh, that it probably is. Dude, we got we got a sick garage game up here. Woo. Is it, is it like Otipoti's flat naming game? Oh, uh, God, no. But actually, last year when we played, when Phoenix played at, um, what's that crazy bloody bar called that's right in the middle? It's just closed down. Classic. Oh, Starters Bar. Classic. Yeah, yeah, we played at Starters. And that's actually the first time I've seen that area of, of uh, Dunedin. And I was, um, I was like, you know, actually, I was like, oh, my God, okay. You get the it. Hype is real. The <laughs> hype is real. <laughs> it totally is. That's great. That's yeah. great. And um, all our student listeners, because we are a student radio station, are going, yes, the hype is real and it's fantastic and they love it. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, speaking of love, I love the record. Fantastic. Thanks for putting it out. And uh, and thank you for taking the time out to speak to us. You can find the record on Bandcamp. Um, look up Luke Buddha on Bandcamp and it is there in all its glory and you can purchase all the things. Thank you for taking the time to speak to us. Thank you very much for having me. Love more... to you all. Yes, and love back to you. Have a wonderful oh. day and we'll, uh, we'll talk in February, hopefully. 
Thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.